Welcome to In-House Legal with attorney Paul Boynton. It's everything in-house, legally speaking. Technology, business practices, trends, and controversies important to corporate counsel. Welcome to the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today to In-House Legal. I'm attorney Paul Boynton. And I've covered the in-house community for over six years as a legal journalist and now have my own media consultancy. This show is sponsored by Counsel on Call. The demands and responsibilities placed on in-house legal departments are at an unprecedented level and show no signs of abating. More regulations, more potential liability, more auditing, more business involvement. Yet the demand to hold the line on legal expenses is unceasing. What's the general counsel to do? What is the formula for assessing the appropriate size of the legal department and balancing that with spending on outside counsel legal bills? Is it simply do more with less in these lean economic times? Or can GC successfully make the case for hiring more lawyers for the corporate legal team? Joining me today is attorney Jane Sender of Sender Legal Search to help explain the current thinking on how many lawyers a company should have. Jane is a former practicing attorney who now heads her own legal search firm. She has been placing attorneys in law firms and in-house legal departments for nearly 20 years. Welcome to the show, Jane. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Well, Jane, as I'm sure you know as well as anyone, the job market is issue number one these days. Uh, What are you seeing in the in-house counsel room, both at the higher level positions and more junior levels? number of searches uh, being conducted in the Boston area for technology companies and some uh, holding companies. Um, these are general counsel searches, but there aren't really anywhere near the number that there typically are, but at least there are searches going on. And there are lower level searches going on also in labor and employment, some corporate and uh, particularly in compliance roles. So there's some activity in the in-house market, but uh, you know we all know we've we've been going through a very very quiet time now for probably close to a year. Now is the legal job market better off in some areas of the country as compared to others? You know I don't really know, but my sense is that we're probably doing as well here as anywhere else because of our focus on healthcare, higher ed, and financial services, uh, which are probably a little healthier than other sectors like manufacturing, uh, but it's, it's a little hard to tell. The The partner market in Los Angeles seems to be extremely active, but that's not the in-house market. And you are based in the Boston area, right. so you're, right. uh, the New England market seems to be holding its own? As yeah, compared to- I mean, holding its own in comparison to, I think, the rest of the country, but certainly not in comparison to you know, what it's been. Now, you had mentioned the partner activity in Los Angeles. Are you seeing uh, much activity of in-house lawyers moving back to private practice? A little bit. Uh, not much. There, there are you know, quite a few government lawyers because of the change in administration that are moving back into private firms. But uh, and there's a little bit of corporate lawyers, in-house lawyers moving in. But I think that law firms are very cautious about bringing people in at a senior level. Now, assuming the economy does improve and hiring in corporate legal departments will pick up again, uh, we hope, uh, for planning purposes, uh, what factors should general counsel assess in deciding how many lawyers are needed to properly staff their legal departments? Well, traditionally, 
generally consultants have talked about one lawyer for every 200 to 300 million in revenue for a company. Um, and this benchmark is probably a, a good starting place, but I think it depends a lot on what the company's business is, um, what kind of risk the product or services that the company is involved in have, and and how much um, you know is spent on outside counsel. Companies can you know vary a lot from company to company in terms of their legal needs, but the two to three. $100 million mark is kind of the benchmark. So it is based at least um, initially on company revenue. Is is that necessarily the most effective benchmark, or is it a little bit more nuanced than that? Yeah, I, I think it's it's not a particularly effect, effective way of looking at it. I, I think the, the best way uh, of looking at it is for general counsel to, or if there is no general counsel for a senior executive, to kind of take a look at the entire dollars that are being spent on the legal function. So, in other words, take a look at the money that's being spent on outside firms and the money that's being spent on the legal department and sort of break it down. Uh, take a look at who's doing what and whether some of the work that's being done outside, very expensively usually, can be brought inside. So that may result in certain companies uh, you know, having three lawyers for three hundred million dollars in revenue and saving money on the on the function. Um, the way companies tend to sort of analyze this is that outside lawyers are the best at doing things that are um, not recurring. So, for example, if you were a hospital, um, the the, your outside lawyer is typically someone who represents lots of hospitals, maybe even all over the country. So they would be in a much better position to sort of solve problems that don't come up every day, but that come up regularly in hospitals and be able to bring that good counsel to you for that sort of thing. But if it's a if it's something that happens all the time, um, say in, in employment law. Uh, employment litigation in a hospital, then it's much better to do it inside and and save the the kind of hourly rate that you're paying an outside firm. So it's essentially uh, what you're saying is that commodity work, for lack of a better phrase, is best handled in-house? Right. right. By either lawyers or paralegals or sometimes contract lawyers. Jane, what are some of the uh, so-called best practices you've been seeing over the years in developing the optimum number of in-house counsel on staff? Again, the the two to three hundred sort of you know dollar mark is kind of the way people start in terms of the optimal number, um, and then kind of looking at who's doing what inside and outside. Well, let me ask actually, uh, where did this benchmark come from? This two hundred to three hundred million. I think it was one of the consulting firms like um, uh, Altman Weil kind of came up with the number. You know, firms that do. Lots of consulting to law department managers. And it's been accepted ever since. <laughs> well, it's been repeated ever since, yes. <laughs> They've laid down the law, and that's what it is. Well, it's, a good, you know, it's always good to have a place to start. But then you always want to ask, well, why are we, why, why are we thinking like this? And I guess the thinking is if you $100 million worth of revenue is generating problems. You know, just by its nature, you're going to have employees, you're going to have perhaps intellectual property, you're going to have leasing storefronts, you know, whatever you're doing, you're generating a certain amount of work that 
ends up on a lawyer's desk. But of course, it's going to depend on how good the lawyer is, how senior they are, and how much how much they can do. Very good. Uh, how should general counsel go about determining the proper mix of inside and outside counsel, as well as perhaps employing contract counsel, those uh, project lawyers that, that work at a fraction of the cost of law firm lawyers? I mean, that's kind of a complicated mix. How does what's the what advice or suggestions do you have in trying to assess all of that? Well, I think what, if you look at the number of lawyers you have and you think about uh, the outside uh, budget, um, the first thing you really have to give some thought to is that when you add a lawyer or even a contract lawyer, but but really when you add a, a lawyer, it's a permanent hire. Um, I mean, even in this environment, I think people tend to think of, of adding an employee as, as a permanent situation. So you want to make sure that the work that they're going to be doing is permanent. So you wouldn't want to hire a lawyer, like a litigator or a corporate lawyer, merely because you have a significant uptick in litigation or one deal. You need to look at sort of the stream of work and whether... Um, whether there's really a job there that will will last for a very long time. So, you know, companies can always have their outside lawyers do most of the work. Um, the question is, is there a way of, of thinking about the work that is being done as work that is sort of consistently done by the company so that you can justify hiring someone? Stream of work. I think that's a good way to think of it. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we will talk more with Attorney Jane Sender of Sender Legal Search on the topic of how general counsels can make the case for more hires. In-house departments are under pressure like never before to cut costs and quantify value. For the last decade, that's exactly what Counsel on Call has done for Fortune 1000 companies. Whether the need is for e-discovery or contracts, IP or employment law, or anything in between, Counsel on Call's experienced attorneys provide quality legal services at tremendous cost savings. To schedule a meeting to discuss your company's situation, visit counseloncall.com or call 866-487-7319. It will be the most profitable time you spend all year. Are you interested in sponsoring in-house legal or other programs on the Legal Talk Network? We'd love to have you on board. Contact our sales department today at 781-551-9960. Welcome back to In-House Legal. I'm Paul Boynton, host of In-House Legal. I'm joined by attorney Jane Sender of Sender Legal Search, talking about the optimum mix of attorneys for an in-house legal department. Uh, Jane, uh, with outside counsel fees seemingly ever on the rise, are in-house legal departments better off from an expense standpoint from ramping up the internal staff, including litigators? Is is that the winning strategy for bringing lawyers on board internally? Um, I think that the that the cost, the hourly rate of outside lawyers, is is a is a, a constant topic of of conversation. Um, but again. Uh, it, to make a permanent hire, it really has to be, you really have to be sure that there's a stream of work that is going to last over a long period of time. Um, there are other ways that in-house lawyers can creatively sort of manage the expense of outside lawyers. For example, Cisco Systems uh, General Counsel Mark Chandler said that he recently uh, hired an outside firm to handle a patent matter. 
um, and got a discounted hourly rate, but offered a bonus for wrapping things up quickly. Um, and he says that if it is possible that the firm will actually earn more in terms of its hourly rate than it would have otherwise with the bonus situation, but of course the company would end up paying less because it would be done quicker. So I think you know there are many ways that 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 general counsels are handling um, excessive what they consider to be excessive outside fees without you know, jumping to the conclusion that they should make a hire. I think you just have to be careful about making a hire and make sure that the the work is permanent work. Traditionally, uh, litigators were uh, tended not to be hired for uh, on board for in-house legal departments. Is that still the case, or are companies showing a greater willingness to bring litigators on board to, to if not manage, even actively uh, handle cases? Yeah, I think that we've seen that for the last probably five years, that Large companies uh, bring in uh, litigators, um, particularly to do an internal assessment of the risks that the company is uh, exposed to and make sure, you know, try to head off litigation as opposed to just handle it uh, when it comes in the door. Uh, but managing it and, and making sure that the company does what it can do um, with respect to the litigation so that you're not paying an outside firm to do things that you could do internally, um, I think, is a smart, smart business move. Uh, putting aside the tough economy um, for the moment, aside from litigators, are there other practice uh, areas or uh, specialty areas, I should say, that in-house legal departments in years past perhaps tended not to bring on board internally that you, you've seen kind of a switch on that? Um, yeah, I think that uh, intellectual property lawyers um, have been sort of um, more sought after by companies of all types, as long as there's intellectual property involved. Um, that used to be a function that that really was outsourced, um, and companies have learned to to bring it in and manage their intellectual property portfolio and make sure it's protected, um, which is you know key to a company's growth and profitability. So I think that's an area. You know, patent prosecutors, even IP litigators, um, have have come in house. So I think that's a that's a growing area. Um, you know, one thing I would want to say about as we approach maybe a, a time of stable stabilization and growth, you know, there there are going to be some new areas that that are going to need uh, some some more lawyers. Uh, I'm, when I I think that particularly in the securities regulation or anything to do with financial regulation, perhaps um, energy. Um, as the economy begins to recover and change in the ways that I think we all anticipate, uh, I think good in-house lawyers are going to be sort of talking to their senior management teams about what's coming down the pike and trying to position their departments, you know, to to be ready for that, um, as opposed to being too overly reliant, uh, you know, on outside lawyers. So I think that's one thing to keep a good general counsel is going to keep in mind going forward. And also just keeping their their senior management abreast of the changes that are probably going to be coming from Washington um, and to make sure that the company understands the value the value that the lawyers can bring uh, to respond to those changes. Jane, we have time for one more question. Uh, what are some of the techniques that you've seen that in-house legal departments have employed 
no pun intended, to successfully <laughs> persuade management to increase staffing of the legal team. What are the arguments that successfully make the case right. for boosting the size of a staff? I think the most successful approach is to make sure that to the extent possible, you can you justify your existence. Um, for example, if a piece of litigation is settled or even uh, gotten rid of before it's filed, um, there are dollars there that were, were saved. Um, also, uh, if a company successfully finishes an acquisition or another large corporate transaction, um, if there's money uh, that is going to come to the company maybe eventually as a result of that. And lawyers in legal departments need to make sure that, that business people understand how they are contributing to the bottom line. I mean, this can be, you know, sometimes a balance. You don't want to toot your horn too much, but you also want to make sure that people understand that you're not just overhead. Um, and I think that takes, takes some thought, um, but it's a, it's a really important thing to do. So once you've sort of convinced senior management that you've saved money or you've or you've really added value to the company as a result of the work that your lawyers have done, it can be a better argument. It can be easier to make the argument that an, an additional lawyer should be hired, you know, to continue down that road. You know, always sort of looking at the business objectives and sort of how you're helping the company to get where it wants to go. Jane, thanks so much for joining us today. Before we close, could you provide the listeners with your contact information? Yes. Uh, my number is 617-426-5300, and I am sender at senderlegalsearch.com. And my office is at 45 Newbury Street in Boston. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Paul. We hope you'll join us for another in-house legal show. Thanks for listening today. I'm Paul Boynton, host of In-House Legal your online source of the news and information in-house lawyers need to stay ahead of the game. Thanks for listening to In-House Legal with attorney Paul Boynton. Hot topics for the in-house lawyer, legally speaking. We hope you'll listen to the next edition right here on the Legal Talk Network.